Hello and welcome to Disruptive Intent. I'm Kevin Sanders and you're listening to episode number 17 of the podcast. On this episode, we sit down with one of South Africa's best musicians, one of my, especially my favorite musicians, um, PH Fat. We get to know a bit more about the guy, about how his writing process and where this music and all his energy and that comes from. So without further ado, here's the interview with PH Fat. Cool, man. Um, like I said, first of all, thank you for taking the accepting the invite to have a chat on my podcast. Um, like I said, I, 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 the podcast is basically me just chatting to people that like I find that just do awesome things, um, people that inspire me and people, like I said, and then I try to find out what makes these people tick and who these people are. So, yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for having me, dude. Um, have we met in person before, or is this our very first meeting? Um, no, I think this is our first meeting. I've, met, I've seen you at shows and that, but never actually met met you at uh, one of the shows. Uh. Yeah. Cool. Well, nice to meet you. Yeah, you too, man. Um, well, like I said, let's let's start off. So, if the if anyone is listening and they don't know who PH Fat is or who Mike is, um, elevator pitch. Who is who is PH Fat? It's a bit of pitch. Um, I make, oh, what's the word? I make, my name's Pitch Fat. I make kind of rap music that you can party to, but also think to these days. For a long time, we just made a lot of like rappy party music, but now we kind of, now I'm making kind of music across the board. I've delved into the pop realm um, and I focus mostly on energetic live shows as being my main public face, I guess, or the main time the public sees me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm more of a live artist than a recording artist at this point. Okay. No, well, like I said, that's what everyone knows you for. Like I said, if you've never seen a PH Fat show, you've never lived before. Like I said, just that experience is is something else. Like said, it's it's yeah, it's that's that's what's make you favorite. And then people go and they're like, okay, now I have to listen to this guy. Like I said, that's what I did when I saw first saw a PH Fat show. I said, okay, now I'm just gonna get all this guy's music and try and, yeah, and figure out what it's about. That's kind of like one of that's kind of the starting point for a lot of what I guess I mean I would call repeat listeners would be you know mm -hmm. that's where we try and hook them is at the live shows that seems to be our biggest hit rate. Kind of gives the music a bit of context, and then people kind of get what it's about once it's been performed in context. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. yeah, it's been a strategy that's been pretty good to me so far. Well, like I said, yeah, it's 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 uh, you've it's, it's very successful at it, and you're very good at that. But to get more behind behind the the all the show and that, like I said, where did it all start off? Like I said, where did the like I said, you said you go from making like more rappy hip hop type beats to to party to to bit more deeper music at the moment? Mm, um, I mean, I started off with myself and my friend Nart. Mm -hmm. We were just putting around. Um, and I mean, we and we just kind of started making music, and at some point we got the opportunity to perform it live. Okay. And uh, our first live show was horrible, but our second live show was incredible, and it was like, cool, I'm hooked. This is what yeah. I want to do. Band went through a bunch of iterations, um, but it's ended up being just me now, which means that I've had time to kind of explore music that's not just about the live performance. Um, exactly. So I've started delving into, I guess, what you could call kind of maybe deeper music, but I'm still mm -hmm. sitting on a whole bunch of party music too. <laughs> um, I've been working on like, I've, I've been, am I allowed to surround this podcast? I've been... Yeah, I've, do it, whatever you want I've, to. <laughs> I've been, um, I've been making a 
broad range of music. Uh, the music that's been released most recently hasn't been particularly party centric, but I am sitting mm -hmm. on a bunch of music. Like the next batch of music, I'm very much keeping the live shows in mind while I make it. Um, and yeah, it's it, it's definitely been quite a. Uh, it's, I mean, it's been going like ten years or something now, so it's gone through a whole bunch of progression. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I can't remember what the question was. No, just like where did it like it all start uh, from? Like, yeah, it, what it was the, there, yeah. and it, it started quite organically. Like, we just wanted to play shows as much as we could, mm. and I was quite like vicious about finding us whatever the whole shows we could. Um, and I was I started studying like the year we launched PHFAT and um, and by the time I was done studying I was like like three or four years in I was like doing assignments at festivals and stuff like that I was like I was like a, was like, a like a musician with a studying problem but it started out as like a student with a music problem you know what I mean and and um, yeah. When we finished studying, we had like six months with the shows booked, and I was like, "Cool." When I get, you know, when I finish, uh, when I, when when I, when we get to the end of these shows, then I'll start looking at getting a job. And by the time we got to the end of the shows, it was six months worth of shows booked. So I was like, "Well, uh, yeah. it's like it's my job now." So I kind of went. It's been like four or five years since I've been full time now. Yeah. Oh, that's and, pretty uh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 very it's a very like all encompassing thing. <laughs> it haunts me when I try and fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that that's the mark of a of a of a actually good artist because, like I said, that that keeps you alive. It keeps you thinking, where you actually have to physically switch that off. Yeah, big time. I mean, like, well, the reason I was late for this is because I avoided by just doing a bunch of exercise. Like when my brain's getting oh. noisy from making music, I'll just go and like and run or work out until I'm about to like pass out or vomit, and then I'm like, cool, I'm relaxed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think we all struggle with that. I was like, that's why um, I had a conversation with one of my friends. It's like exercising is like killing those demons or just shutting them up for a bit. Uh, yeah, you have all these things. Uh. It's definitely been like it's definitely. I, I think it's it's uh, extended my my time in the music industry, keeping myself sane by <laughs> by intense exercise. It's pretty necessary and i mean i think it's necessary in any sphere but especially in an industry like the music industry where there's like pretty crazy forces and pressures working on you and uh yeah, yeah that's it's definitely been a major part of my mental health strategy that and very exactly. firm boundaries <laughs> but have you uh, do you think like said those like said all those thoughts and like said the the the, the ideas rushing through your head has actually helped you in a sense and then like said now look with the exercise and all that it, that's cool made thing, you go deeper or the cool thing about music is that it like it can for like a lot of people sit with a lot of i don't know um existential angst maybe or they sit with crazy anxieties one of the cool things about being a musician is that it can well depending on the type of musician that you are it can force you to sit down and look at your ideas and write them down mm -hmm. and when you write down an idea you 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 can sometimes see how stupid it is that makes sense and uh um, yeah, you can, yeah 100%, or you can yeah. see or you can see like it's profundity actually um mm -hmm. and being a musician can help you to explore those difficult spaces and hopefully deal with them i do also think that it can fling you off into the existential abyss and into insanity and <laughs> i don't know substance abuse problems <laughs> it depends on yourself and on your and on your kind of uh predispositions and, and how you were built really it's, it's like a, <laughs> it's 
it's like yeah, it's like pressure can crush what can pressure can crush things or it can make diamonds. It <laughs> yeah, sounds like a quote that's uh, somewhere in Pinterest. Uh. <laughs> yeah, like something like as cheesy as that. That's exactly what I was yeah. No, but like that, but that that makes an percent sense. Like I said, whichever direction you can actually see um, which direction an artist uh, goes in, what their mental state is at the moment. Like I said, I've I've sometimes said if some artists didn't have a substance problem, they probably would have written such good music or such deep and and, and dark music. I think there's definitely something to be said for occasionally like. And I mean, uh, I, I say this in no way encouraging anybody to do anything stupid, but there's something to be said for for occasionally kind of embracing your craziest thoughts and looking at mm-hmm. them properly. Um, I think doing that is a is a is a very scary, dangerous game that not everybody's built for, but it can certainly put some damn good music into the world, or art, or film, or pictures, or anything. Um, exactly. Yeah, I think that's about as concisely as I can put that, that <laughs> thought, really. Yeah, um, as politically correct. <laughs> well, well, not even politically correct. It's just like, it's just like, um, I don't know, sometimes, you're, sometimes your most ridiculous thoughts are like genius. And sometimes mm-hmm. you have to explore some really bad, ridiculous thoughts to find those genius thoughts, if that makes sense. And um, mm, I think, yeah. um, I think, on one hand, you have to keep yourself grounded enough to explore your craziest thoughts and your most ridiculous fantasies and um, and to be able to come back and put yourself back as like a sane human being. Um, shivers this got deep quickly. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, but like I said, that's that's perfect. That's 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 the whole aim was like I said, just to because people see you on stage and they don't necessarily know the side of where you draw that energy from and where like I said all this the nature of it comes from. Yeah, absolutely. I mean if I was if I was being a more productive artist, I would write some of the stuff down into articles more often and put it out into the world. Fact, you've inspired me. Now I've been thinking about doing that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's perfect. So, do you, do you actually do carry like a journal where you do write it down, or are you now actually thinking um, of okay, maybe doing something like that? Uh, um, uh, so, what I do is, I mean, I write down all my thoughts on wherever, mm-hmm. whatever's nearest. Um, mm-hmm. So, there's books. I mean, in the studio now. Let me take a look. See here. In the studio, we've got one. Uh, mm. There's a bunch. There's about four or five books in the studio, and there's pens in every corner, so that you never ever miss yeah. any moments. Uh, okay. And then there's also, I mean, the microphone itself is a notepad, to be honest. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, well, it is because you can you can totally sketch mm. stuff through a microphone without writing it down. If you're just sitting fooling around, you can think like a lot of uh, musicians do that. Um, and then just notes on cell phones, voice notes to myself, things like that. And you you write down the basic premise for your ideas, and then you explore them properly afterwards. So exactly. Going, one of the most important things is as those ideas hit you to write them down so that you've got them stored somewhere. Okay. Yeah, like I said, I, I've seen the benefit of that. I've always tried to, like I said, I doodle and I've got the worst handwriting of ev- like anyone. And um, I got a, like I said, one of my friends, actually, she gave me a book now, just a normal notepad book. And that's what I, what I like I said, do. If I sit now and I'm thinking of deep thoughts or have like feel alone or feel any emotion, then I just 
I could make myself a coffee and I just write it all down. And that's yeah. like what you said previously. Then it starts to make sense or it just says, yeah, but you're actually being stupid now. Like I said, then it just comes alive. Well, sometimes it's like, sometimes you, you can, you, you can sit like, I mean, if, if you do it in any degree, so like a thought, like if you're scared to think a thought, mm-hmm. um, which a lot of people are like, you don't want to, you don't want to, quite often people don't want to accept the possibility that they might think an evil thought for instance mm-hmm. um, yeah. to write it down in its entirety and give it the full context lets you have an overview that like it kind of removes it from your brain and lets you have an overview from it and quite often the thought itself will be pretty fucking dark or like you know horrible you won't necessarily like the thought like you can think a thought and not like the thought mm-hmm. um, write the thought down and have a look at it you can find out where it came from a little bit easier maybe so yes, I do. I definitely think people should write things down. I I went through this crazy phase in like 2015, 2016, where I, I was having these really, really, really gnarly, really in depth dreams, and they were like long, and sometimes they would like stitch across like multiple nights, where it'd be like okay. like the, the dreams would be kind of connected and would carry on, and I would like I, I can't find the book that I wrote them all down in, but I'd wake up at like six in the morning and I'd write the whole dream down. And then I get back yeah. to sleep and I carry on dreaming and I'd write the rest <laughs> of the dream down. And it was like, I don't know, that was bizarrely fruitful. I couldn't actually believe how much like creativity, creative, creativity, how much like creative energy existed in that space. Um, yeah. And like the most beautiful dreams I've ever had, but also some of them were quite scary. Um, but yeah, I, I, I should, should go and find those journals sometime. I'm sure that would make for an interesting EP. Definitely, yeah. Like I said, with the with the current trend you're going on, like I said, the music, like you can actually, uh, that's I think that's also like the mark of, of when you see the brilliance in an artist is when you listen to their music and you can feel that emotion that they felt and that even like you exp- like your 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 um, new album like said, with, with the song Catherine, like you can feel kind of like you can relate to that song. It's like like your one of your mates sitting here and telling you that story. You can see the emotion yeah. just with listening to that that song, and that's that's I think that's the mark. Of 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 something being that creative in that sense. That's all of that stuff was like I was a bit silly with that with the Sex Love Heartbreak EP and that I wrote it over a very long period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the lessons I learned was that like when you're having an emotion, you need to write it down and like bask in it and get it created as fast as possible. So it took longer than it needed to because I had to find each of those spaces again, like sometimes two or three times to finish a song. Um, but yeah, I think, I mean, I think, I, I think the, the EP was pretty effective in like getting across, you know, sex, love and heartbreak. <laughs> it was like, I think it kind of hit its goal. So what did you write that album to, to basically help you get over that? And like I said, well, cause obviously you said, like I said, there was emotions you felt. Yeah, I've been through. I mean, I've been through a string of breakups in my life. I've been around long enough to have some serious relationships. Um, it was based on a whole bunch of things. So yes, mm-hmm. there's always some reality in it, um, but never ever. It's never ever like there's never. I I'll never tie something to a particular human being in a particular moment. That can be that can be quite disturbing. Mm-hmm. Um, there was like, it, it was more about embrace. So like when we wrote, when we wrote dark dance with Notch, it was like, cool, this is going to be the sex song. We're going to make this the most sex, sex song that we could possibly write. <laughs> it's going to be yeah. like, everything <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. like, it's more about like, in that case, it was more like envisioning some 
I mean, I guess with the set, like with the, with that with Dark Dawn's like some fucking like bizarre ideal, and okay. then uh, the next track after that was what was after that? I think it was. Um, oh, then there's like then we I wrote that track with Ganja Beats, My Lady, where it was just like completely yes. overblown, yes, yes, yes. like ideated teenage style, completely unrealistic, like over the top crush, and it was just like putting myself back yeah. in my head, and I was like. A 16-year-old boy in high school with like this completely uh, unrealistic picture of what love is. Do you know what I mean? And then, um, exactly. And then with Catherine, I wanted something quite like a real heartbreak moment, captured mm. as best as possible and expressed healthily, if you know, yeah. if possible. And um, and then uh, Black Matter, or what was uh, wasn't because that was the working title. Um, the other track with Notch, I think we called it Feeding Time. Feeding time, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, feeding time was basically just like um that was like a moment. That was just me. I think I wrote that in 2014, 2015, 2014. Okay. Wrote that in 2014 and we finished it and I lost all the files. So that's the one like that was just oh. the take that we did. And yeah. I had to like master this like weird stereo file by myself. I mastered it like three times to get it to where it was. Um and that was literally just me chilling in the midst of like some pretty hardcore kind of existential who the fuck am i what the fuck am i doing yeah but i think that's what helps people connect with your music like i said um i, I was joking with my uh, one of my friends and he sent me a song and says okay if you ever feel alone and you feel sad or whatever don't listen to this song and i sent him Catherine. And i said don't listen to this song when you feel sad and lonely because it's gonna <laughs> probably fuck you up because <laughs> it'll bring back all the like I said, it'll it'll reiterate all those emotions and that that you had and with your like i said that music yeah it's there's something i mean there's something to be said like i mean i'm not gonna say Catherine never made me cry either um i mean sorry not that you mentioned crying jeepers there we go i'm still admitting to crying again um <laughs> it's like it's something to be said for throwing yourself into those moments and to like try and relive them honestly if a song if a song reminds you of a moment to so like just like embrace it and be like if it's a sad song you're just like man i'm so sad and this song is just reminding me of how sad i am because like uh one of the one of like the I guess one of the things of growing up is realizing that society doesn't particularly enjoy strongly expressed emotions. They make people uncomfortable, but yeah. that like every everybody feels strong emotions maybe. And, um, and to, to have a song kind of allow you to do that shamelessly or hopefully shamelessly. I mean, it depends on your context and where you're sitting when you listen to it, but to have mm -hmm. a song do that shamelessly or un, you know, and to do that with like feeling unapologetic is can be quite powerful. Like I, I remember, I went through like the worst breakup in 2013. It wasn't the worst breakup. It was like everything was above board as breakups go, but it was just heartbreaking. It was really sad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and I was listening to this Beach House album, and I just listened to it on repeat and just like cried myself <laughs> to sleep for like three months. Um, <laughs> but it was like it was like that moment of being allowed to be sad was like it would happen like every two or three nights. I just like listen to this Beach House album and just like fucking sob. Um, yeah. And that moment of like being allowed to be sad was like one of the most like um, beautiful moments of like the breakup. It's weird. It's a weird thing to say, I guess. <laughs> yeah. No, but, but it's like, like to, that's that's to honest like, emotions. Yeah, do that because there's like 
I don't know. In in modern society, there's like you feel bad, which is like like if you feel bad about something. So say say you are feeling, I guess, reading heartbreak now. So say you're feeling sad about something. Mm-hmm. People will feel sad, but then on top of that, they'll feel bad or guilty about feeling sad. Like they feel like they shouldn't feel sad, so they feel bad about feeling sad, and then they yeah, and then they feel sad because they feel bad about feeling sad, and it's just like this weird. It's this weird like quadruple guilt factor that comes to it and for a song to maybe pull you out of that space is quite a beautiful powerful thing and i hope that sometimes my songs can do that for people but i'm not sure if they can i'll try my best no (laughs) no i definitely think like even i said the like i said from your older songs is like running through my mind or running in my mind the like i said those songs like i said it it, it just resonates with you like i said i think that's why um your your music uh like this is just me experiencing like sharing my like i said you have to listen to ph fat and then the people that are emotionally intelligently enough to be able to listen to music and feel that emotion and deal with those emotions those are the people that enjoy your music more than just the party songs because like i said i can get anyone to or you can get anyone to enjoy a party song because it's a party song but as soon yep. as you delve deep in those emotions then you can spot the people that actually oh you can you can physically see how they connect with the, with those songs and you can you can see them going in their minds and and thinking of those emotions and trying to actually basically help you help them deal with it yeah well <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, you never get to choose who listens to your music, but you, you know you hope yeah. that some people will engage with it on that level, because exactly. there, there's different ways you can introduce a sad song in a party context, and people will be like, "Yeah, that's awesome." My favorite example is the police song. Um, mm-hmm. Every breath you take, ding, 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 ding. Yeah. like he's talking <laughs> about following someone around. It's like the creepiest mm-hmm. song, ever, and everybody thought it was exactly. this like, love, love song. But if you listen to it, yeah. It's yeah. On some creep shit, dude. Um, I mean, so I'm not even going to call it my favorite song, but it's just a really good example of a song where people engage with it based on its sound as opposed to what it's about. But the people who've engaged with it as on, as to what it's about have gotten a lot more from it, maybe. Exactly. Because um, you can, you can, you know. There's an example of somebody doing something pretty creepy in a way that sounds sweet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like kind of stalker vibes and then you like said, oh, yeah, but this, yeah. Remember when he enjoys the voice? Like, it's like, no, we should, <laughs> no, we yeah. should arrest this guy and not praise his sounds. Like I said, yeah, he's probably stalking some poor girl that's got a restraining order against him and everyone loves the song. <laughs> we'll, we'll never, we'll never, fuck, I guess we'll never. When did he write that song, dude? I'm not sure. I'm sure yes. he even got that. But I mean, I know yeah. that he's, he's i've seen i've seen like a brief interview where he's like dude it's the weirdest thing it's like the creepiest song and everybody loves it yeah. <laughs> so was it we like said other than other than like said trying to express all those emotions and that's so, like um is the is the party and the and the more um like said fun type of songs and that like compensating for the deep sound or are you just no, is it just I've, you I've, flowing? Look, I've gotten older, I think I've managed to like sneak in, not even sneak in, I think I've been quite explicit about it, but like putting in a more kind of real human aspect to the party songs. Because like people want to cut loose, but there's like a way to honestly cut loose. There's something like, um, there's something like, there's something gross about songs that are just like I'm busy thinking right now of like that Black Eyed Peas song. I got a feeling that tonight's gonna be a good night. Yeah, <laughs> it's something like 
I'm, dude, I'm being such a hater. I'm hating on Sting and Black Eyed Peas. But that song's like yeah. gross because it's like so happy. And it's like, dude, you know you're a liar. Mm. Like, nobody's that happy. Fuck off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> True. As opposed to like, I don't know, some of like older weekend stuff, which was total party music, but was like a lot more honest about it. It was like, yo, it's kind of fucked up. It's kind of gross, but we're cutting loose tonight. You know what I mean? As opposed to like, tonight's going to be great. Perfect, yeah. man. I'm so happy. It's like, dude. Either you're on way too much Molly right now, or you're a liar who's selling us the idea that we could be happy if we listen to your music. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, so you like that. So, I mean, running in yeah. my mind is a party song, and people mm. fucking like at shows have had people lose their shit to that song. Um, yeah. <laughs> but like, it's not it's not necessarily like dishonest or disgusting. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. but as a, 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 a stupid example is like uh, that song. I think it's also the weekend. It's like I can't feel my face when I'm with you. I said that yeah. guy is so high at the moment, and then I, mean, I explained it. Actually, yeah, it's it's. Uh, um, I mean, the weekend's a strange example, mm. but um, I, and I, I don't know the lyrics to that song, but I mean, I know that the dude talks a lot about being high. I mean, I think. Yeah. I don't really speak about being high a lot because I don't really do drugs. Um, mm. But if you want to do drugs, that's okay. I won't judge you. Please don't feel judged by me for not doing drugs. Um, but like, at least he's being honest about like where he's at or how he got there. Almost, you know what I mean? I'm not. Yeah. I'm in no way encouraging anybody to do drugs. But there's just something a bit more honest about that, and people can kind of yeah. smell this and, and still cut loose without feel like they're feeling like they're being lied to. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's not, mm-hmm. not necessarily all facade. But by the time someone gets to like the size of the weekend, you never know what's going on behind the scenes. True as well. They're, they're the only, yeah, the only people who know what goes into the make. That's like you're into the mystery machine at that point. The only people who know what's going on in those tracks is like the writers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and half the time, the whole story will never come out. Yeah, definitely. No, well, actually, so so you think? Well, from where I, from from where I get now, is like I said, the key thing is to just be honest about that. Is it in honest in the in the, like I said what you how you feel and how you convey it, and then you can turn it into a deep song, or you can just uh, change the beat of it and make it a party song. I think a party song and a deep song can be the same thing. It's like there's you know there's I mean it's like it's it's the sincerity that would hopefully tie them together. Like you can be honest about like tonight I'm going to get fucked up. Yeah, coming with yeah. me. <laughs> Tomorrow I'm gonna feel shit, but right now here I am. It's like there's, you know, yeah. I don't think they're necessarily that removed. I think it's about embracing where you're at. I like yeah. um, recently went through a small party phase. Like I got drunk like three weekends in a row, which is big for me. That's like that's. Yeah. <laughs> but like even then, I wasn't very good at it. I was like, the first weekend I got really drunk, and the second weekend I got a little bit drunk, and then the third weekend I had like a couple of years. I was like, man, this ain't the life for me. Um, <laughs> but like, I was kind of in that space for a while, and like, while I was there, I wrote some stuff that kind of aligned with it. Do you know what I mean? I was quite keen to go mm-hmm. out, to be social, to meet people, to party. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> introduce myself to strangers, things like that. <laughs> mm. No, I get that. Like, so. so what, what so you would say like I said what do you do then to to get that feeling because like I said now let's say you want you focusing on new songs and new EPs and new yeah. album or whatever uh, what, how do you d- decide do you just continue living I don't know actually, like, what, what is your process like, it, in there it's really weird to, so, like and this is one of the big 
um, it's one of the big conflicts in the music industry, right? Is that like, or any artistic industry really is, especially as someone, I've always been quite hectic about trying my best to stay an artist that makes art that, or make, I mean, I guess I'm actually calling myself an artist, a musician that makes music that he wants to make. So it's very tempting to chase cash and make music for adverts things like that yeah. which i'll do if the right work comes along i'll do it and i'll put my whole heart into it and then when when it's done i'll move on and carry on making my other music but one of the big yeah. conflicts that musicians have with the more organized portion of the music business like the structured part of the music business which is like the release plan the mm. uh you know the the long-term strategy the building of an identity that you can sell to people um the big conflict is that an artist will be in one place and something can happen in their lives that completely derails that portion of their identity. Um, okay. And they'll be halfway through a project and that portion of their identity won't be at the fore anymore. I mean, um, I had like, I had, I was, I was in the middle of some pretty, I was in the middle of some pretty strong work last year, just before I went to Europe. And there was quite like a heavy, someone in my family got attacked, like stabbed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just like, it just derailed a bunch of work that I was working on. It just like stopped it dead. Yeah. In the crap. Um, sure, okay. which, which meant that like, and the person, sorry, she, she survived. It was, it was, it was just really heavy. Yeah. It was like big. Impact. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And, um, and so like that can completely derail. So like, if I was feeling slightly cocky and boisterous beforehand, I was feeling fucking introverted and like, quite frankly, scared afterwards. So that's going to change the type of music that you're putting out into the world. Cause you can't be going like, I feel like a million bucks. Who's coming with me? When like, <laughs> you know, like when you've like, yeah, you know, just like mm. taking bloody clothes out the boot of your car. Exactly. Um, so there, like, that's one of the, things that's it's like you're an accountant there's a lot of nice predictable numbers that you can work with and you can compensate things and you can be like yeah this is what's happening if you're an artist and something like life-changing happens it's going to change your art and that makes the Mm -hmm. output unpredictable and that's part of the fun it means that you can go from fucking zero to hero but it also means you can go from hero to zero which makes for a lot Mm -hmm. of very insecure artists in the world (laughs) yeah (laughs) but i think well that's it makes for some pretty fucking fragile egos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I think that's when when you start uh, when you feel that disconnect. This actually when you don't have that ego in there, and then you can actually hear that sound, like said, that emotion in there. So, like I said, did you actually take that, like I said, that dark side, and did you write, like, use some of that to make music that you you, you that is out now, or did you planning to take out or? The timing on that one was really weird. At some point, so like I did that, then I had to go straight to Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, it just kind of like, it just derailed a bunch of time before I went to Europe to go play some shows. Like, it, like I've never had so much chaos in my brain before. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and like, then when I normally would have been sorting it out, I was like gallivanting around Europe, having like the time of my life. I had so much fun. But like, um, so that the impact of that never really got captured. So by the time I kind of dealt with it, it wasn't really there to be written down anymore. You know uh, what I mean? It was like really yeah. coming out of me. I like came back from Europe, like energized and excited to put out more music, like from a completely mm. different 
bang, but like it did stop some other songs from being finished. That would have been finished if, if, you know, if it hadn't happened. Could have continued uh, on. Yeah. No, but it makes it makes sense. Like I said, you could you, like I said, you keep your train of thought on a one song, and you have this idea, and now something like that happens, and it derails the whole writing process of that of that song, and then and the feel of that song. But now. What I actually what I wanted to know ask is, so like I said, you look like a pretty chill dude, and you relaxed and 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 like composed the most of the time. It's like, where do you do you like get that um, that feel, that energy, where you, that like makes for such an amazing show? Like, where does that switch come from? Where where does that energy come from? I think probably mostly because I'm happy to see people. At the, I'm like I'm like a, I'm like a super repressed extrovert. Like I spend most of my time in this room by myself. Mm. Um, and normally by the time I step on stage, I'm just so happy to see people. <laughs> <laughs> just like, like oh, there's other like, people in this world. Like, yes, hello, friends. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, there's something amazing about like a room. I, I have, I, you know, I mean, I don't know if you can tell, I'm pretty enthralled by conversation in general. Um, uh, 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 I, I engage in conversation with like lots of people every day and um the those live shows are like a conversation with however many people are in the room it's very very it's really difficult to not be swept up in what basically amounts to the focused attention of several hundred people in a room we've all come there with a purpose and that's quite energizing for me, and that's quite like electrifying, really. Uh, and that's, I guess, what I engage with for the live show. Then there's also like a small element of it, which is like feeling your songs being played back in the context that you hope they would be played back in. So that's a big release, really. Yeah. Um, and it's weird, like I've I've had a lot of um, people come up to me at shows and be like. Uh, you know, like, dude, what drugs do you do? And I'm like, nah, <laughs> don't, yeah. I don't do drugs. Like, and um, I think it's because people see that like crazy energy, and it's like, mm. it, it's it, it's a, I mean, maybe it's a different type of drug. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> but the, it's, it's getting hard in life. <laughs> like, I was, if I was the thought about it so many times like if i'd gotten into drugs my career would have ended so much quicker uh um, yeah. burnout there's like the natural yeah like there's there's been periods where i'll play like four shows five shows in a week and like if you're doing anything on in those in that to get through it you're gonna be dependent so quickly um yeah. and it's like it's i get really lucky that i'm quite elect, like energized by that aspect of a live performance Exactly, but I think I think all of us, all of us have a little, like I said, voice inside you that that, um, like I said, you 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 wish that you were on stage at that point. Like I said, you can feel that energy because I can can't just imagine like you being alone on stage and having all those people like sing your songs back to you in in that sense and having them basically one big party, and that's what you created and you seeing people enjoy it that to that extent. Yeah, I had like quite a weird moment the other day. So we, I got hold of a video from Daisies, from Rocking the Daisies, which was like last week. And it was a really mm-hmm. cool show to play. It was quite like a rush show. We only had half an hour. So I did like 14 songs in half an hour. So I was like sprinting between tracks. It wasn't like relaxed. I wasn't like mm-hmm. super present. I was keeping my mind on... Um, the time um, limit, yeah. 
and timing and making sure that I'd like musically perform correctly, um, mm. which is a little bit unusual for me. Normally I'm normally I'm not normally I'll be on stage. It's weird when I rap, I'll be thinking like um, I'll be rapping, but I'll be thinking about what I'm going to do next while I'm rapping. So like my brain, like this connection is like driving a car. So my mouth will be going like this and I'll be like, cool, yeah. what's the rap what's the control. What do we need to think about next? Face <laughs> at Daisy's, but it was, um, it was still like a really amazing show to play because we had like the whole production and stuff going. Anyways, when I look back at the video, I was like, holy shit, it's just me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, wow, it's just like, I mean, there was, there's Luke behind me, the guy who I, he produces a bunch of the songs of, that we perform, but he, and he DJs with me. But it was like, in terms of like what's taking up space on stage, it's like my movements and my actions. It was quite like enlightening. I mean, it, it also, I mean, I think it's going to change the way I do the show because there's no feedback like seeing yourself objectively. Um, yeah. But it is quite nice. It was like the first time I'd really conceptualized that there's just like, a, a, whenever I'm on stage, it's like I'm there with all those people. I don't see it as being me like by myself. Does that make sense? And then seeing that video, yeah. like, oh, it's just me. It's not like we're all together. There's like, there's me yeah. here and then people over there but in my mind it's like we're all just kind of together but we're, we're like when i saw it as a video we're not together no. I so, <laughs> no, but it makes sense actually you 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 embody yourself with the crowd and i think we have yeah. not like i said i think that contributes again to the honesty of the of the, of the music is that as soon as you have that disconnect um, people can feel that and then I've, I've seen artists that first of all i think it might be just nerves and stuff that they're trying to it's like put themselves in a bubble and they just separate themselves but then that you lose that disconnect with the crowd i think that's one of the key thing about a good live artist is to be able to even though like i said you guys are on a, you're on a massive stage and there is that physical space between you and the crowd but you feel like you're standing like right next to you and 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 just feeling yeah. that emotion yeah i mean it's it's a weird thing to quantify i guess but to i think to capture it would be like i i find when i watch shows if i'm watching a performer on stage you can tell quite quickly when someone is comfortable there and it can translate into the feeling inside the crowd if that makes sense so if somebody's uncomfortable on stage that that automatically translates into how the crowd is feeling and that's exactly. one of the biggest mistakes that i because I, I, I go I, i'm quite specific i'll go out and i'll watch um performances and i'll watch like up and coming bands if i can and i'll just sneak up by myself like i don't like you know go with all my friends like i'll just go and like i'll pay my entrance and i'll yeah. go watch the show by myself and then like sneak off before yeah. um and one of the things that i pick up on when i watch that is that quite a lot of very good musicians aren't comfortable on stage so between okay. songs they'll be quite uncomfortable they'll be like almost like awkward and then the second mm. they start playing instruments they're like back in their zone and, and, and the crowd eases up as well but you can okay. see like a certain dread overcome a musician when a song finishes and they need to transition into the next song and next song, um, yeah. and that can really like like wreck a show almost that doesn't necessarily wreck a show but it can wreck the vibe in a place because it's Different, like, yeah. while somebody's on stage, they're like in charge of what's happening. Do you know what I mean? They're mm. leading the ship. And it's like, if you've got a captain who's going, um, uh, if you like, imagine if you're on like a humongous ship, if you're on a fucking cruise line and, and like, whenever the captain's not holding the wheel, he's going like, oh shit, fuck. Ah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> it's like everybody on the ship's going like, ah, oh, fuck, Jesus, wow, fuck. Yeah. This is like, why are we so uncomfortable? It's like, oh, it's because the man in charge isn't necessarily in charge. I don't know. So to get yeah. comfortable in that space, I think, just takes a lot of experience and being on stage. 
Um, mm. And unfortunately, that involves putting yourself out there a lot and eating shit a lot and getting booed out a bunch and having people, you know, be unhappy with your shows and and working through that until you're like comfortable and realize that you're, you know, you're dealing with a crowd full of people that are actually and probably just came to have fun. Like the fact that they paid money to get in to have fun means they're already prepped. They're ready to go. They want to have fun. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And like, I think, I think getting over that fear and becoming comfortable on stage is a big part of becoming a performer, I guess. Um, Definitely. and, And making people, it's like the same as like a host at a party, like at like a dinner party. If like the host is like, shit, how's everybody doing? Um, uh, uh, and they're like shy and nervous and anxious the whole time. It can make for like an awkward place. Whereas if the post is like relaxed, yeah. who wants some wine? Let's have fun. <laughs> it, it, it comes across. Do you know what I'm saying? Sorry, mm. did I go? Definitely. No, no, please. Like I said, I'm here to interview you. You can talk. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it, it makes sense. Actually, once you, once you feel like so that person knows what they're doing, I think it's the same with um, like... If, if you if you're driving in a car with someone, like I said, I get nervous if I get in a car with someone and I can, you can see, like I said, they're fidgeting with their keys and then it looks like usually they do not like I said, they'll get in the car and turn on the radio and just go. And but now there's someone else in the car and they feel nervous and that makes me nervous. And yeah, I think like that's the same somebody, for yeah, stage. When somebody becomes self-conscious about their driving, half the time they end up driving so badly because they're nervous about driving badly, exactly. and that like that comes across on, on shows super often. Uh, that's like that's a very good metaphor excellently excellently (laughs) now all the passengers scared they're gonna die no, but that's perfect, man. Like I said, what, um, so like I said, this 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 album and this release and whatever. So like I said, um, where is this? Where do you see it going? Like I said, what do what do you envision? Like I said, the next next um, version of 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 PH Fat will be. Um, look, I I am I'm kind of in the place I'm in like right now. I'm just really excited to make and finish a lot of music. Okay. Uh, Following on from our conversation earlier, I can't say what that music is going to sound like. I'm kind of embracing that unknown aspect. It might come out very strange. I am a bit concerned that it won't necessarily have like major commercial appeal. But funnily enough, like the of the music that I've put out, the music quite often the music that I think has the least commercial appeal ends up doing the best. Oh, uh, it's like weird. It'll strike in the strangest places. Like, which song do you think has been Shazam the most off of that? EP. Sure. I think, well, I think Catherine might be the one. Like I said, I think that's, Dude, like, that's the one Dark knows Dance from that. Picked up, Dark Dance got picked up by a radio station in Russia and it's been Shazam like twice as much as Catherine. And it's oh, like shit. a fucking sex jam from beginning to end. Like it shouldn't be played yeah. anywhere in public and it's getting, it's feeling like all <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, and the strangest things like um, running in my mind got used on Dan Mace's intro for his first series. Hmm. And it's like oh, that's, that's this awesome. bizarre little single that I put out because I kind of liked it a little bit and it got like 3,000 streams in its first like two months or something. It did like yeah. pathetically. And then... <sighs> On the back of that, like it suddenly got attention and people clicked with it, and now it's like probably my second or third most streamed song. Uh, yeah. Definitely north of a million streams on Spotify. I don't know how it's staying everywhere else, but it's like uh, it's one of those things that you can't really you can't predict what people will click with 
but as far as I can mm. tell, what people click with most is sincerity and hard work. It can't just be sincere. It has to be like worked on and refined once it's been sincere. And you've got to be careful exactly. while you work on it that you don't refine all the sincerity out of it. That's the only formula yeah. I've got for music right now. Yeah. If, you were, if, you were for a, if you were looking for a formula, <laughs> like it's <sneezing. laughs> yeah, I don't overproduce the song, basically. Yeah. yeah. But is it uh, the other thing I wanted to wanted to know is um, how do you get the emotion that you feel that you need on stage, like I said, in a studio? Because in a studio, it's you and the microphone, and there might be a producer or whatever listening or, or just checking the... How do you how do you extract that same energy? Or does it just come from wherever you... Like the words are written. Like how do you get that energy? The studio space is quite a neutral space, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like yes. it's weird. If you came here for inspiration, you'd be pretty bored. <laughs> it's like, it's... it's it's pretty utilitarian. Like, it's pretty ugly. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, dude, I've got acoustic. I mean, look at my acoustic setup right now. Let me just flip this camera so that I can see what you're seeing. No idea. Basically, like, it's a pretty utilitarian space. Have I just turned off the camera now? I have no idea what I've done. No, there you are. I'm back. Um, yeah. It's a pretty utilitarian space. And, like, it, it, it's kind of neutral. And what you bring to it is hopefully what you capture. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. Oh shit! There we go. There. That's the studio space. I see the cameras flip now. Like, look at it, yeah. dude. Like, that's hardly. It's hardly like I put that stuff there because it looks good and is inspiring. I did that because it makes the room sound better. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And um, yeah, like that's the only way I could say it. And and it's quite. It is. It can be because of like the boringness of the studio space and the fact that you're stuck inside often on like a beautiful day staring at a screen. Like it can be pretty mm-hmm. fucking uninspiring. Um, yes, yes. Creating that emotion is a thing of like delving into the space where you're at. Okay. You never ever come in, you never come into studio and you're perfectly emotionless. There's always something going on in your life and you've got to go to that. There's always someone. Oh, okay. No, that's looks at that. I think that's that's awesome. Like I said, I, I really like I said enjoyed this interaction and finding out like I said that little bit of darker behind a deeper side of PH fad. Because like I said, nine times out of ten people see you as this energetic guy and they it's like yeah, he writes emotional music and deep and dark music and he's got the stage presence and whatever, but they don't know you. That's that's the it's a cool part. <laughs> I'm quite yeah. I'm quite excited to see how this is received. I'll be sure to give it a kick on socials so we can get some feedback. Uh. Great, man. Well, like I said, if, so if you have one, like I said, one message that you can give the people listening to that, so like I said, advice from PH Fat, like if you, if I had a book with quotes from all famous people, what would your life saying be or your quote be to, to, to live by or to just. I don't know if I could give you a quote to live by because I'm not sure I'm an expert at that just yet. I'm still figuring that quote out. <laughs> um, if it's advice to younger artists. Yeah. Something I could say to younger artists, it would be like, yo, now is your chance to fuck up as often as you can. It's not a thing of like, there's no such thing as, okay, there are things like, there's such a thing as a mistake, but there's no such mistake as trying too hard or putting out too much music or putting out a song that's too bad or doing anything like that. Like, you have to put stuff out there, you have to get rejected, you have to eat shit a bunch. And I'm like basically getting back to that place and embracing that again now after years and years of being petrified of it, I'm like ready to put out like a bunch of music that people might hate. (laughs) (laughs) And and I wish I'd done that like from the word go that I'd embrace the fact that, that when you put music out, sometimes it's not going to do brilliantly. 
Um, and that's my advice to younger artists. Life advice. I can't give you any life advice right now other than <laughs> that I hope you're doing well. And if you're not doing well, you should write down your most scariest thoughts and look at them like we spoke about at the beginning of the podcast. Yeah, at the start, yeah. <laughs> awesome, yeah. man. Like I said, okay, so if anyone wants to follow you, listen to your music, where can they get you online? Where can they find PH Fat online? Um, a good place to start would be Google. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, type it in man it's ph fat on everything i think it's ph fat official in a couple places uh yeah yeah just just google it <laughs> you'll figure it out please <laughs> yeah just find it whatever platform you find a million yeah, on, just search ph fat, you'll find I'm, it I'm, I'm not on that google social 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 app what was it called i think that might be dead now um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm still not on i'm still not on on the one that i should be on what was it called the like um Currently, the one blowing up with the kids. Jeez, I'm showing my age. Um, it's like with Snapchat. I'm, I'm not. On, I'm not on Snapchat. I might oh. have a pro Snapchat, but I haven't opened it in months uh, or years. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I, just just find me. You'll figure it out. <laughs> awesome. Awesome, awesome. Mostly the gram. Phfat underscore official, and then on Spotify, Phfat, and on Apple Music, Phfat, and on Deezer. Just go on the places. We'll figure it out. Let's search for Phfat. Yeah. <laughs> no, go to your live shows. That's where, that's where it's at. Yeah. <laughs> I said, go to your live shows. That's where it's yeah, at. The, yeah, that's it. Actually, fuck the internet. Go to the live shows. Yeah, experience it. Feel the music. Feel like yeah, I said when when you start when. Exactly. Yeah. When Mike jumps on the stage, you need to feel that 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 pace hit you when he lands. Fucking floorboard shaking. Exactly. Exactly. No, dude. Like I said, thanks very much for for taking like an hour out of your your day to to interact with me and and get let me get to know you a bit better and my audience to to find out who is Mike from PH Fat. Anytime, dude. Anytime at all. Awesome. Um, I'll be sure to give it a kick on socials. And if you see us at a show next time, come say yo in person. Definitely, man. Okay, cool. just awesome thank you guys for listening to another episode of disruptive intent uh, like i said this episode was literally special to me because ph fat is one of my favorite artists and like i said finding out what makes him tick and where all this energy and emotion that come from that makes um that he makes the what he, he uses to to make all this um awesome music is just insane so uh, yeah like i said if you like the podcast subscribe to it share it with your friends get everyone to listen and if you'd want to get ph fat's new album it's six love and heartbreak it's um all over like i said just like you said google google ph fat and you'll find the find the link to that you'll find his website and then stream it on your favorite um favorite platform and let him know let him know um of what do you think about the album and how you connect with the album but again thanks for listening and cool see you guys on the next episode <laughs>